Welcome to the Lemper Report Live. Now, today we're going to be talking about the 72nd annual FMI speech report. We're going to give you the highlights of that. It was just released this morning, just a couple hours ago. We're also going to talk about a snack that glows in the dark, Walmart's new ad campaign on TikTok, the nation's first female-led food hall, a plant-based chocolate bar, a new use for food trucks, and lots more. We bring you our unique insights on grocery retail, sustainability, e-commerce, new product reviews, and consumer trends. We also want to know what's on your mind, so please add your comments right into the chat box, and we'll share your comments during the program. So, Sally, what do you have on our radar today? Phil, it looks like Pringles are getting into the Halloween spirit this year. They are releasing a limited edition run of their classic cans of chips with um, a glow-in-the-dark theme this year. And what kid doesn't love things that glow in the dark during Halloween season? You know, I, I guess. I mean, what we've seen from Pringles over the past few years around the holiday time, whether it's Halloween, whether it's Christmas, is all kinds of weird flavors. I, I remember one um, that, that was like peppermint a couple of years ago. Um, and, and I guess you're right that kids like um, glow-in-the-dark stuff. Pringles is also recommending that you line your sidewalk for the ultimate trick or treating score um, so that, you know, up to your door, you put all the, all the Pringles cans to glow in the dark. But I guess my question is, um, same thing that we asked last year around this time, are people actually going to be trick or treating this year, uh, because of the pandemic? What about you and your, your kids? Well, we did it last year and it was really lovely, actually, the way that a lot of people handed, that handed it out. They got really creative and they created um, candy shoots or decorative tables outside just for um, kids to come and grab individually wrapped items. So they weren't um, coming in contact closely with any any humans. <laughs> so so we're not going to have we're not going to have a big bowl of Pringles out there. I don't know, but I do like the idea of the glow-in-the-dark cans lining the driveway. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What else you got? Next up, uh, Walmart has now started a, an initiative to work with a new media company called Meredith, and they want to make the online experience more personal for shoppers. And so what they're doing is they've got um, some great – uh, easy make eat meals. They've got uh, a bunch of suggestions for kids meals, all kinds of, of ways for you to look up easy make quick, convenient meals. And what's great about it is that they are running these ads on TikTok. And on that TikTok ad, as you watch the video, you can just click that shop button and you can add all of the ingredients to this to, to this recipe to your cart and it tells you how much it costs. It's really cool. Yeah, I think I think it's really cool when we look at some of the technologies, more stores going to shop and go um, and, and so on, just to be able to click on TikTok changes the whole TikTok world, I think, as it relates to food. Um, as we've talked about here before, lots of food videos on TikTok and to be able to purchase it right through TikTok. I don't know what the financial arrangement is um, on, on how much money TikTok is going to get for that, if anything. Uh, but I, I agree with you. I think it's a really cool idea. 
Yes, and what I really appreciated about what Walmart is doing is it seems like they're reaching out more to the millennial or the Gen Z shopper um, because on their TikTok profile, the link that you can click on to go to Walmart is walmart.com.us slash adulting, which is lingo that young adults use to talk about, you know, um, becoming adults. And it seems like their TikTok page is full of things like that, like learning, you know, ways to creative ways to decorate your apartment, um, creative foods to make at home and also clothing. Hmm. I've never heard the term adulting before. <laughs> now you have. I, I guess I guess I'm just too old. Um, <laughs> talk talk to me about a new food hall uh, that's starting up. Well, this is this is really wonderful. Uh, the very first woman-owned and um, immigrant-owned food hall is opening up in San Francisco. You probably know this area since you lived there, but it's the Tenderloin community. And it's going to be a 7,000-square-foot food hall. And you can visit Algeria. You can visit Mexico. You get you get this experience across cultures. And all of the women, there are seven very talented chefs that have their own spaces in here. They're all women of color. Very cool. And and also what I like about this is that they're helping each other run their businesses, that it's not just all about the food, but each one is helping the other learn more business skills, um, which I think is very important. And I'm sure that from this food hall, we're going to see some new restaurants opening up in San Francisco as well, based on this experience. Uh, I'm, I am concerned about one story uh, that, that you shared with me. Um, that Hershey is now coming out with a plant-based uh, candy bar. It seems they are. And plant-based foods are on fire right now, we have to admit. And so why not get into the candy world? This is going to be a Hershey's oat-made bar. So they're using oats for the emulsifier instead of dairy, which could be great for, particularly for Halloween, for all the kids that have allergies that can't ever eat the chocolate. So I, I think about them and how that could be great. Um, this isn't their first plant-based product, but it will be their first one in the United States. They, they've got a plant-based Kit Kat that's in other countries. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. I mean, certainly we've seen supermarkets create all new plant-based sections. I'm just wondering, do we go over the line do we, do we cross the line and, you know, just do everything plant-based? I think in this case, to your point with food allergies and, and so on, uh, this is a good idea as long as it tastes good. Um, and, and we can't forget that. I mean, people eat Hershey bars not for health and nutrition. They eat them because they taste great. So as, as long as this oat-based product tastes great, uh, who knows? They might have a shot. Well, they claim that the oat, using the oats is actually, the the oat milk is a better tasting replacement for dairy, for real dairy. So we'll see. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to have to do a new product review on it. <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, I guess it was four or five years ago, the rage were, were all food trucks. Uh, but now there's a different spin on food trucks. 
Yes, it seems that uh, the what used to be, I think, what we called the pop-up store that was happening a lot now um, is 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 morphing into the promo truck, and we're seeing this happen with beauty products right now, which I think is is really brilliant because a lot of people have not been able to shop for beauty products because of the pandemic. They don't feel safe going in and into stores, and they don't feel safe being in that close contact looking at different beauty products. So what some of these companies are doing now is they're taking out a truck and they're giving out samples. And what I especially love about it is that there, there are a couple of them that are actually including food as a promotion with their beauty products. Yeah, the, this one I think is so clever. It's sunscreen and ice cream uh, from Hero Cosmetics. So they're giving out samples of sunscreen and they're giving you some ice cream at the same time. Great, great summer promotion. I love it. <laughs> so uh, guess what time it is? It's time for new products. Now, I've never been a fruit roll-up guy until now. Fruit IQ is a delicious snack with no added sugar, artificial anything, is non-GMO certified and USDA certified organic. Its score, it's a hit, is 91. Now, the texture is perfect. The flavors are designed for you and me, adults, not those sickening sweet kids roll-up flavors. Not only can I see just eating it as a snack, but also let's be a little creative. I could see using it to make an ice cream sandwich or some greens and protein and make a fruit tortilla. It's the perfect size at six inch round. It's proudly made in Brooklyn, New York. It retails for $2.25. It's only 70 calories, zero fat, zero sodium, 15 grams of carbs with 10 grams of naturally occurring sugars, no added sugars, has one gram of protein. But two minor points or two points. I'm not sure how minor they are. I really don't like the name as, you know, Fruit IQ actually implies in today's world brain health of some kind. And he, here's what I don't understand. The first ingredient isn't cranberries. It's organic raisins. So shouldn't it be called tangy raisins, apricots and cranberries? After all, that's the order of, of the ingredients. So we've been hearing a lot about personalization in the industry. Everybody wants it. Um, you've got the intelligence to do it. But explain to us what a retailer um, can do when it comes to shopper personalization. Yeah, this, this is a really great question. So uh, for, for the last years, we've really gone deep on this topic. So we acquired a company that was the leader in personalized nutrition uh, called Shopwell and integrated that technology. So today, uh, you know, uh, we uh, started rolling out in Europe. We're doing personalized nutrition for some of the biggest players like Carrefour, Intermarché. Uh, so every product in the store now has personalized nutrition information. You know, that could be a score. It could be allergy alerts could be many different uh, types of things. So in order to personalize food, uh, you know, personalization you know, varies. You know, if you're buying you know, a sweater or you're buying consumer electronics, it might mean something different. When it comes to food, uh, there are a number of complications that people are struggling with. It's their diets, it's their allergies. Uh, they're trying to eat more of this. They're trying to eat less of that. They have taste preferences. Uh, all of that, uh, you know, requires some real scientific depth. You don't want to fake it when you're, you know, dealing with someone maybe who has a medical condition, maybe, you know, that their, you know, their doctor put them on a diet. They're trying to really make a difference in their health. 
And so uh, what we've done is uh, we uh, acquired this company a couple of years ago and we've then gone deeper with the whole scientific panel. Uh, we've got uh, you know, all of that science coming into the, the nutrition algorithms. So for millions of products, we can essentially calculate a personalized score for you uh, for this product. And so as you think of the, the future experiences for a grocery store, uh, how do you automate the shopping instead of having to search for 47 different products and uh, one at a time in the search box and put them in your cart. Uh, you, know, you wanna be able to do things like you know, a shoppable recipe where you click once and all 12 ingredients are then selected. But if you're gonna select the right products, uh, you need to understand things like what, are, what is my favorite brand of yogurt? Or, or uh, does this fit with my you know, keto diet? Or uh, does this have any uh, soy in it because uh, there's an allergy situation and we don't wanna automatically choose groceries that might conflict with someone's health or diet. So uh, th this is pretty serious stuff in terms of the depth of that. We're, we're also working with healthcare organizations uh, to, you know, to really bring some of that dietary nutrition and cooking help. Uh, and uh, for the grocery stores, uh, it's a great opportunity to expand the relationship with their consumer. It's not just a shelf full of products. It's really that guidance and inspiration and helping them get the, the right ones for them. Earlier this morning, FMI, the Food Industry Association, released its annual Speaks Research Report. It's the 72nd report. Obviously, this year's study had a major focus on just how supermarket retailers are coping with operating their stores during the pandemic and how that affected sales. The full report can be found on fmi.org backslash speaks, but here's some highlights. When it came to online shopping, the average online sales transaction in 2020 was $110. Compare that to $42 for in-store purchases. 66% of the retailers surveyed reported that with the shift to online, omnichannel, apps, home delivery, and curbside pickup, these efforts grew their businesses. 86% of food retailers now have online sales capabilities, with 95% of those reporting an average online sales increase of 224%. Now, the retail food industry invested more than $8 billion in new technologies to hopefully meet the demand for e-commerce, improve the customer experience, and drive business processes efficiently. 50% of the retail respondents said they expect to hire data analysts and digital technologists within the next year. Just over half the retailers also reported that their investments in tech are having a positive impact on sales and on profits. One of the biggest growing challenges facing those surveyed said workforce recruitment and retention. 80% of the retailers said that employee turnover rose sharply and had a negative impact on their business with an average turnover of 58%. Now, that's 18% of an increase over 2019. Part-time turnover reached 74%. We've got a huge labor problem. 85% of food retailers had to offer higher wages and salaries to help gain new hires and retain full-time employees. 65% of food retailers cite the lack of trucking and 
transportation availability has had a negative impact on their business, and 46% of shoppers report that many products were not available on store shelves. So bottom line is head to fmi.org, get more information. This is really a Bible, if you would, for retailers to understand what's going on and how they're competing with other retailers, both supermarkets as well as other areas like e-commerce and other people who have decided that now, hey, they want to sell food as well. So here's the bottom line for me. Um, we just got a new report in on masks. And what it said is that nearly half of consumers say that they're highly concerned over COVID-19. That's up 10 percentage points from just July. 43% of them say that they're going to buy more masks um, over the next three-month period of time. And half of consumers now prefer wearing masks in public. I'm not talking about just in-store, but in public in general. 53% uh, say they prefer to wear masks in public at this point in time. 63% of those are vaccinated consumers versus 25% which are unvaccinated consumers and 46% of consumers say they prefer to shop at retailers that require masks. Important note for all of us and 43% thinks proof of vaccination should be required for public indoor spaces. So as we've said, as Dr. Fauci has said for a long time, wear those masks. We'll see you back here next Thursday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern for more of Lemper Report Live.